0: Well, welcome, ladies. Glad, good to see you all here. And um, well, it's—I've uh, had such a crazy life this last year, especially the last six months. And most of you already know this, but that's why I haven't spoken. And uh, thankfully, Carol was kind enough to take on all the speaking last fall. I've had three of my seven kids engaged and married. And the weddings started out October 8th, October 29th, and November 12th. And then I moved to Virginia, which I never thought I'd ever move off the farm. But my son, Jimmy, who lived with me, runs the farm, and all my husband's businesses and all his equipment and everything is there. And he got married. So after 37 years, I moved to town. <laughs> with the help of my friends and my kids, I moved Oh, so much to go through, and I still have a ton more. Um, but my wonderful new daughter-in-law, Casey, has been very patient with me with the stuff that's still there, and my youngest daughter and her husband, um, then my youngest daughter and her husband um, and their grandbaby moved in with me in Virginia. So I'm not living alone anymore, i they there living with me. He got a job in Virginia and until they get a house, they'll be living with me. And thankfully, there's enough room. So, And that wasn't any distraction at all. <laughs> I'm telling you. it's. Uh, and at work, <clears throat> I've uh, been assigned five beautiful children in the third grade, which uh, it's a quite a different challenge than I've had um, the past three years th- with my usual friend, and um, so it's all new, and I wasn't used to it. And so, and then also now in the family, we're expecting four grandkids, and then a cousin is having a baby, so we got five Radke babies coming late summer next year. Late summer, well, it is this year. <laughs> Yeah, the 2023, summer of 2023. And so we're now finally all back together, and it's been two months since Carol Carol last spoke. And this is lesson four in our series of Power of Our Thoughts. And our subject is what we think about ourselves. And what we think about ourselves affects how we live and is life-changing and life-transforming. Let's turn in our Bibles to Romans 12, please. I just got off work and ran here as fast as I could. i <laughs> just still kind of catching my breath a little bit. <clears throat> Verses 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the grace and love and forgiveness that you give us today and we talk as we talk about what we think. I pray that this message says what you want the ladies to hear and brings honor and glory to you. Help us to trust in you in our thoughts and <clears throat> and may us feel us, help us to feel as if we were cupped in your hands, kissed with your love, and close to your heart. Amen. <clears throat> what are we thinking, and how is that working for you? Are you at peace? Are you able, with God's power and wisdom and grace, to do what you need to do life? Do you have joy? What we think affects how we live, and how we think about ourselves is important. And more importantly, what we think about the Lord is life changing and life transforming. When we talk about what we think, we have to say a little bit about the brain. Many studies are coming out about the brain, it's a very complicated organ. And I'm not a doctor. I'm just giving you a few nuggets that I've learned. There's a thing called the amygdala. Here's where the memories of everything you've ever seen, thought of, uh, experienced with all five senses are stored. It's attached to the limbic system, which affects your hormones and adrenaline every time you have a strong memory. And then there is the neocortex. It's our rational thought. Where it helps us to say, get a grip. And I, example, um, there's a spider. Don't be afraid. You got your shoes on. Just step on it. Or in my house, my new house, I'm not used to living in town. The mailbox used to be way down the driveway. But I'm I'm sitting in my house and it's very quiet and I hear and then we used to have a mouse problem before I moved in and I thought we took care of it. I was thinking, Oh no. No, no, it's nothing. I didn't hear anything. I walked out and looked around. And then I heard it again in a little while. And I'm thinking, Why is that? That's that definitely happened in the house. So then I realized, I walked by the door where I thought I heard it, and in the closet, a mail slot. I'm not used to the mailman putting mail in the mail slot. So get a grip. It's just the mailman. And um, it is important because every time you have a bad memory, it affects your limbic system, and those feelings and hormones attached to that. So that memory, good or bad, can come back in living color with all the emotions it carried. That's why women can so easily access their emotions and get into trouble. Not that it always is bad, but our emotions can lead us astray. You can't draw God's strength and wisdom from our own thoughts. Our wisdom is not God's wisdom. 1 Corinthians 3.19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Isaiah 55, God's, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And some people have gone through very traumatic events in their lives. This affects how we think about ourselves. For example, maybe your mom and dad got a divorce or a parent has passed away. Or a parent has a drinking problem. Or they fought, parents fought a lot. Or maybe you grew up in a really poor family. Or you were picked on at school or on the bus. You may have had bad acne. Never felt pretty enough. Or smart enough. Or skinny enough. Or you've never felt like you measured up to someone's expectations. These are only some of the things... That can be very traumatic and have lifelong effects. But God knows our thoughts and He understands us. Turn to Psalms 139. Let's read 1 through 4. I feel like I can hear myself breathing. Okay. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue but behold, Lord, you know it all together. In lesson two, Carol talked about what God thinks about us. And if you want to hear that, go back and listen to it. And our thoughts can cause all kinds of problems when mixed with Satan's lies. Lesson three of Carol's messages on what we think about God is also more on that subject. What we think about ourselves can have a huge effect on our relationships, our emotions, and how we perceive the Lord. The good thing is that the Lord accepts us at the cross exactly how we are, broken and imperfect. In fact, that's where we see our need of Jesus Christ. After we are saved, our spirit has been made alive, and we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us in the Word of God how the Lord speaks to us, we still but we still retain a sin nature. And our sin nature in our sin nature are all the mindsets of our and all our perspectives that we've thought about ourselves and sometimes we really think we're right. Consequently we have baggage, mistakes, poor decisions, regrets. Failures, hurts, misunderstandings, and disappointments, just name a few. This, this changes how we think and how we see things and react. We apply our human wisdom to God's wisdom, and nothing makes sense. So then, that puts our eyes on ourselves and the solution in our own hands and not the Lord's. Israel did this over and over and failed time after time. Your baggage can get in the way of seeing God's love for you because you define the Lord for what he has not done instead of who he is and what he has done. For example, we may say, I always just wanted this thing and nothing ever worked out. Where is God in that? I don't see God's love for me at all in my life. I, just a bunch of dead ends, all because we think we know what a good God should do. Was it God you were putting your hope in or something else? It can even be a good thing, but our hope, our trust, our faith needs to be in him and nothing else. He has promised to fulfill our needs with himself. And he is faithful. Our minds can't fathom that. And we think, what? And remember, worldly wisdom thinks God's wisdom is foolishness. And in 1 Corinthians one eighteen, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, And also to them that are saved, using human wisdom to understand God. But to us who are being saved, second tense, ladies, it is the power of God. Everything the Lord does is the opposite of human thinking. Unsaved unsaved people, they're afraid of death. Um, Even if they're religious, they never know if they're good enough. But the saved, they're not afraid of death. The fear is gone. That's settled. And there's peace and security. That's the opposite of the world. God's love comes to us by a bloody sacrifice of God himself. None of the religions of the world can say that. It's the opposite of human wisdom. But yet, the most brilliant plan ever. Philippians two, six through eight says I'm gonna to get to it who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men And being found in the appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. God's love, satisfaction, wisdom, strength and peace and forgiveness is supernatural. All of that is supernatural by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gospel, through Jesus Christ alone, by faith alone, by grace alone. We can use our baggage as a lens to through which we see the Lord and ourselves. God is unfair. Well, I must not be good enough. There's the haves and the have-nots. Your reasons are justified by earthly thinking and what you've experienced. Your thoughts and emotions do not include God's truth. And it makes us vulnerable to Satan's lies when we think that way. They start growing in our thinking and pulling us into the pit of despair and discouragement. When we try to figure out our circumstances, our brain goes to the amygdala and pulls at our deepest hurts and regrets, and our limbic system kicks, kicks in, and our emotions flow. And then we say, in our human thinking, see? I must not have been good enough there. And we keep our hurts alive with Satan's lies. Sometimes for years, these thoughts fester like open wounds. Can't forgive. We can't change. Can't trust God because he has allowed X, Y, or Z. And I don't see his love for me. But if we go back to the cross... And confess our need of Jesus Christ and recognize the spot our thoughts have brought us to and say, this is not what God says. This is not God's truth. And get a, then get a grip. First Thessalonians 5.14 says, he who calls you is faithful and who also will do it. That's not on him. Us, it's on him first Corinthians two five that your faith should not be in wisdom of men but in the power of God and baggage if we let it can be a stronghold, as Carol has already mentioned, a stronghold is a mental fortress. second Corinthians three and four says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For, for the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are mighty in God. When we nurture these strongholds, we keep them alive And our actions and reactions, come of our, out of our deep hurt or anger or jealousy. Not God's power. And then the enemy has us right where he wants us as God gets smaller and smaller in our thinking. We fall into the pit of despair, and David says it like this, Psalms one sixty nine fifteen: Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth over me we fall into the pit of despair and then we forget all that god's done for us we focus on what we what will he do instead of beholding him and what he has done psalm 68:19 says blessed be the lord who daily loads us with benefits even the god of our salvation from that pit Psalms 3419, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And it is a choice. Our attitude is a choice. Remember, our feelings may not want us to change, and we must take sides against ourselves and tear down those strongholds. um, To tear down those strongholds, we have the gospel, the Holy Spirit, the word of God, and prayer with thanksgiving. Philippians 4.6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We sometimes allow baggage to cause us to compare ourselves among ourselves, and comparing is not wise. We can say in our thoughts, Oh, look, they have another new car. Jealousy. Or, oh, they are late again. They're always late. Well, are you prideful? I wish my husband would do this or that, or was like this. Envy. Or, no one ever talks to me after church. Everyone at church seems happier than I am. What's wrong with me? Pity, self pity. I don't belong here, that's what they say. But that's Satan's lies. And we always compare in our human thinking on that level, and it feeds right into Satan's lies and creates more baggage. 2 Corinthians 10.12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You can't trust a God you don't know, and you need to make a choice and give your brain some reality by going back to the truths of the Word of God. Confess your sinful attitude and put your faith in the truths of God's Word that the Lord Lord shows you and rest in it. Just like when we're saved, we learn the truths and believe them, that we are sinners, God is a holy God, and we can't save ourselves. Not even our good works measure up. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to suffer and take our place on that cross and die for our sin. Then, to show his power over sin, he was buried and rose again the third day. The Lord offers this redemption and salvation to us by faith. No strings attached. It's a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The same way that we are saved is the same way we find victory over harmful thoughts. We need to see his grace and forgiveness and love at the cross and our need of him Daily. Ephesians 3 16 and 17 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That's in our minds. That Christ, as we see him daily as our Savior, as we bring our thoughts and things that we struggle with to him, may dwell in your hearts through faith. And the results that you being rooted in. And grounded in love, God's love. So through Christ, we have salvation, but it's not just first tense when we're saved, because we take that and put it in a box, and that's it. Gospel's for when you get saved. No, we need that every single day. Listen to how Jesus declares himself in John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. <clears throat> Jesus is the way. Through the gospel, we have salvation, redemption, and cleansing. For John six twenty nine, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Jesus is the truth. God's word tells us that we are sinners, and our good works are unacceptable before God. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus is the life. He is the power source from which we find our strength and wisdom to change our thinking, to do what we could not do, to forgive, to love, freedom from the chains of addiction of any kind and from the guilt that we've been carrying or from anger or bitterness that has held us back. Power to find strength that we need just to get through the next day. Comfort and peace and security that only God can give in his wisdom, providence, and love. How do we get a hold of this? Paul says in Colossians 2.6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him by faith, we need to put our faith in God's truth. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify, cleanse, transform your thoughts, your minds, <clears throat> them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Trusting the Lord involves his love for us. Calvary is where we see his love is, is beautifully displayed for us. 1 John 4, 9, in this was manifested, the love of God toward us. And this is how we first understood God's love, because he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And when we see God's love for us, it changes the way we think about ourselves. It gives us security and hope. God's love is supernatural, and it comes from God himself. We can't produce it on our own strength, it's the opposite of human love. It's unconditional, and we, I think, we, when God produces this in us, we know because it's not like we would react. It's God's decision to extend His love, whether we deserve it or not. God's love is one-sided. It depends on His character, not on how we respond. God's love is a freeing love, not dependent on our circumstances. It is only dependent on God, who is always faithful and trustworthy. And because of Christ's work for us, we have the Holy Spirit, which empowers us with God's love. And Jesus is the way to see the truth about ourselves and the life as we experientially see God working in and changing us. And this doesn't happen overnight. It's little by little, bit by bit, as we go to the Lord and confess our attitude or whatever it is and put our faith in his word and rest in that. Just like we put our faith in the gospel and rested in it. Transforming our thinking. God God wants to transform our thinking. And this, um, I just said that. But we may we have some areas in our thinking where we have to take sides against ourselves. Our feelings and our feelings as we recognize Satan's lies. And we have to, to put our faith in God's word against that and rest in it. That is faith rest. Hebrews 4 talks about that. Verse 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. When we create new pathways of thought, there's a battle. Because the ruts in the road which we have created by the way we've always thought about ourselves, they're deep, deep ruts. And it affects our thoughts about God. And ironically, even though it is bad for us, we want to stay there. There's a sad comfort in that rut. But God's always waiting for us to get sick of how we are and to seek a change of mind because He wants a relationship with us. He wants for us to make a choice to seek Him and confess our thoughts and let the Lord love on you and rest in His promises. Remind yourself the Lord is real, God is real. And that he is the answer to all negativity in your mind. Believe his word is real. The Bible is the living word of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalms 27, one, And let him be a light into your soul. But we can know all kinds of principles and all kinds of verses. But if the God behind those principles isn't real to us, then it's just empty religion. This may sound simplistic, but there's a freedom in that choice because you're not a victim to your harmful thought patterns. And this is hope. We need hope. And we and something to look forward to. The believer has hope. That choosing God rather than our feelings and human wisdom and putting faith in his promises and resting. That changes us. 1 John 3.2 Beloved, now are we the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we, sh- but we know that no matter how we screw up now when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Our hope is being conformed to the image of his son moment by moment. Colossians 3.4 says When Christ, who is our life, appears, then will you also appear with him in glory. We have this hope that as we learn of what we have in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Ephesians 2, 3, we see all this and more, little by little, as we renew our minds daily and grow. God is real. And we have a living relationship with the Lord. And we reflect his character because our thoughts are resting in who he is. And the truth of God's word. And we can experience inner peace when all chaos is going on around us. And our trials are weighing heavy on our hearts. Let the word of God direct your steps and your thoughts. So you can have victory in your minds. Psalms one hundred nineteen one thirty three. Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. <clears throat> um, I mentioned Joshua in the in the notes. Well, let's turn to there to the book of Joshua. Please. I mentioned Joshua because I like the simple thought that we have everything we need in Christ. But if we don't make the step of faith, make the choice to put our faith in the Word of God, we never will enjoy it. Let's just start reading it. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. A picture of our inheritance. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Same as for us. Be strong and of good courage for To this people you shall divide as an inheritance in the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the left or to the right hand from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Renew your mind. This, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate, think on it day and night. Renew your mind with it. Observe it and do according to all that is written in it. For when you, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I have, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I, I just think we, we have an inheritance that we don't even draw from the, in, through the Holy Spirit, through the blessings of the gospel. And Israel had to step out on faith and trust God to see the Lord working. And so do we. We have to take that mental step of faith in what God says and rest little by little and it made a difference. The priests had to, they, the water was there. It was all there. The, the promised land was across the river. And the water did not move away f- until they took that first step. And every step, little by little, the water moved away. And I feel like we need to do that. To, it's li- li- line upon line. Little upon little, we, we trust God. We take those things that we are struggling with to him. And daily, moment by moment, and remember, oh Jesus Christ died for that, and God loves me. And I'm accepted, and I can trust God's word. Help me to tr- put my faith in it and rest. When we think about ourselves, it must be based on what God thinks about us. Isaiah forty nine sixteen. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Ephesians two four. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. In verse five, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Romans eight, thirty-seven through thirty-nine Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. His love is always with us. Hebrews thirteen five. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He never leaves us. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. And 1 Peter 5 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And I think just starting with these three simple truths, you can just start, begin to lay your burdens before the Lord and thank the Lord for loving us and, and as you see his love I think that changes you it helps settle you and you see little things throughout the day as you pray and, and, and you become the relationship with the Lord becomes more personal and more close as you, you bring everything to him he, he loves it and I think that it just slowly helps you grow in him And build your relationship. And thank the Lord for Christ's work as you see your need of it once again. And confess your sin and rest in the simple truths. And I think we'll pray and finish up here. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for um, these ladies, all that came. And I pray that your word would encourage their hearts and that... um, that they could see you love them and that there is victory in the Christian life and that you are real and they can trust you and find satisfaction and security in you. In Jesus' name, amen.